gear up as Cass Miller and his team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. My name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters and the CEO of Titan Digital. And today I'm with Brandon Leibowitz. He's with SEO Optimizers. We're going to be talking about AI and how it's getting integrated into you know Google and Bing search results and such, and how the landscape's going to be changing here in the you know in the fairly immediate future because both, you know, Microsoft and Google are working on getting these integrations. They're doing beta testing and such. And the SEO, you know, the way SEO is done is going to, you know, it's going to look different. Brandon, it's great to have you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your agency. My name is Brandon Leibowitz and I run SEO optimizers. We help people get more traffic to the website using search engine optimization and doing paid ads and just trying to make sure that you get visibility and exposure online when you have a website because learned over the years, having a website is just a means to end, but you have to get traffic. And that's where we help make sure that people find you online and also that you get targeted traffic that converts into sales, leads, phone calls, whatever that conversion goal is, just trying to make sure that you get that exposure that turns into those clients and leads for your business. So Brandon, you know, like, AI, you know, I said the chat GPT, you know, I say Bard for Google, you know, these as the way SEO is done is going to be changing, you know, um, it's not going to be, you know, what we've, you know, been seeing for years. It's not going to be quite the status quo, which, you know, we've seen with algorithm changes and such, you know, things, you know, are the landscape is always changing somewhat, you know, it's never quite, it's not static. Right. Um, but these are fairly big shakeups, you know, how is it that, you know, how is AI, do you think going to improve the search results, you know, going forward as we start to see it appear when we're actually doing a search, you know, searches? Cause I know the companies are starting their beta testing and everything. So where do you see things going? Yeah. I mean, hopefully it'll just be accurate information. That's the big thing right now is with AI, it's pulling in stuff where if it doesn't know the answer, it's going to do what's called AI hallucinations and just kind of make stuff up. And it's not going to tell you if it's making it up, which is not good. So hopefully, They'll disclose that if it doesn't know what it's answering, it doesn't know, or let people know it's making something up or don't even answer the question. Just say you don't know the answer because giving out the correct information, I feel like it's going to just lead a downward spiral. But on that, we'll have to see how they incorporate because they're doing a lot of beta testing. We'll see how it's going to work out to be incorporated in the search results while still having the ads, which is how search engines make all their money, is making sure there's still ad revenue coming in still giving you, I feel like it might be kind of like a featured snippet where it kind of gives you the answer at the top, but it's just going to be a little bit more in depth and you can answer or respond to that featured snippet and it's respond back to you. So it'll be more engaging, just kind of like web 2.0 where you can talk to, or social media, you can engage with social networking sites. Now you'll be able to engage with Google and search engines and kind of have them respond back to you in real time. But I feel like the accuracy part, that's the biggest thing, is trying to make sure that they're putting out correct information, which Google pretty much strives to do that by itself with the search results, making sure that it's giving you correct information using like EEAT and making sure that it's really trustworthy, knowledgeable, expert experience, that you have all that stuff going into it. But we'll have to see if Bard and all that does that because play around with Bard all the time and 
it gives you good answers, but it's not accurate and it's kind of off. Sometimes it's good, but sometimes it's just way off. That's it. Yeah. So that's interesting. So like we, as an agency, we use chat GPT, you know, to as an assistant. Okay. And if you incorporate it in the results, you make a, an interesting observation because a lot of what we get back, the input, you know, is, you know, you have to have really good input to get a decent answer. In the case of using it within a search result, you're still going to do your standard search. You're not really tailoring your input, you know, with the idea of the AI answering, you're still doing it based on, you know, the getting a search result back. So you're not treating it the same way as if you were using, you know, chat or bar directly. Now, do you see that as like, you know, kind of like influencing the results in basically a negative way. We're not giving it enough information to give us back something versus a search result is giving us, you know, cause everything's based on keywords. So, cause that's how we're searching. What do you see that, you know, with that? Yeah. I mean, eventually with voice search that will change. So with just standard searches on the desktop computer, you just put a couple keywords in there, but with the voice search and smartphones, which have been taken off, I feel like those prompts, questions, phrases, whatever you're asking, be a little bit more in depth, but people definitely need to know how to write the right cues to send the right messaging or to get the correct things that they're looking to get back out of AI because you don't put the right messaging, the right prompts, it's not going to work properly and it's going to give you stuff that really doesn't make any sense. So, but I feel like Google might simplify it or might make it ways where it's able to pull it out just like does like the schematic web and just trying to pull out keywords from phrases and sentences to understand the intent behind that search kind of what they've been doing since yeah. 2013 that hummingbird update that they did a long time ago with like trying yeah. to understand the human language which like now that chat gpt was put out by bing they're like all right we have to release bard i feel like they're trying to hold on to it and just refine it more and more to get to really work but now that everyone's doing it they have to mm. they don't want to lose that market share yeah. to bing or anybody else so there's like let's release it now even though it might not be perfect and I feel like the beta tests are going to go on for a while because not everyone is using AI and not everyone's comfortable with AI. A lot of people in technology know about it. But when I talk to friends and yeah. family that aren't really tech savvy, a lot of them even haven't heard of ChatGPT or used it. So I show it to them and then kind of blows their mind, but they haven't heard of it, which everyone in my industry, they know about. They're using it all the time, but not everyone outside of the tech is really in there yet. Yeah, so that's, that's also very interesting. So, you know, okay. What it could do is expand the use of voice search so that more and more people are using it because the input matters so much. You know, tech people like us, we're already using it and stuff, but I can see it, you know, expanding into the voice because then you're just, you know, speak, you know, you're doing your voice search because I don't, I do some voice searches, but I'm still more so typing them in. Um, mostly I'm just too lazy to want to click the ding, you know, button for the voice, right? But, um, you know, you think about it to give you the normal search results, it'll pull the keywords out of your search. Okay. But then you can make the prompt more accurate because you're speaking it. It's going to be a lot easier because you can get, you know, you can give it a longer prompt, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that will definitely help out is be able to speak and convey a lot more detail because the more detail, you put in these prompts, the better off it's going to be. I mean, I see some people writing whole like paragraphs of prompts, giving really specific information. 
then they get what they're looking for. I mean, it doesn't always work out, but when they do work, when it does work out, they really get all yeah. that data in a specific way, specific formatting, and the right tone, the voice, whatever it is that they put in there. But it really comes down to making it really in-depth, sometimes really, really long prompts. I mean, I've seen some of our pages and pages that are really, really detailed, but what you yeah. get out is really, really honed into exactly what you're looking for. The more specific you make that prompt, the better off it's going to return the results that you're looking for. Yeah, and Google has the ability, of course, it's going to basically parse the prompt, though. It's going to say, we need these pieces of information to give you the organic result. Here's the pieces, and we need the rest of it to be able to give you the AI result, essentially. But, you know, if you don't give something that is longer, the AI result is not going to be very good. Um, I do wonder, you know, like Google, too, depending on how you're you know, doing that search, it's, you know, still also has the ability where it doesn't give you an AI result at all on you know at least for that result you know it doesn't have to show anything ai related in the page itself you know they can just stick to the traditional methods and such because it's you know it's going to be in a particular area you know it's it looks like it's going to show up under the ads and such yeah i feel like yeah I mean, we'll have to see where they put it but i feel like they're trying to do more informational searches the ones that don't get ads shown because those they don't really care if you're staying on google but for transactional, I feel like they might, we'll have to see, because if you're searching for like best restaurants near me, they could pull out from like Yelp and stuff like that, but I'm not sure how you can actually buy from websites like buying and like new tennis shoes, buying from AI, I feel like that. Mm -hmm. They're gonna work on that to figure out how to incorporate that in there, which they probably will figure that out. But right now, can't really do all those, so it's more like just question and answer type of searches that work really well for yeah. AI, but I'm sure all that will vary will change very soon because it's so dynamic. Everything changes so quick nowadays. Yeah. Well, and also like the map results, I can't see them incorporating at least not anytime soon into the maps, you know, how it returns a result um, because those are, you know, local businesses versus like you mentioned, a question answer thing, you know, going on. Um, what kind of, so let's talk about AI as a tool to help you actually do SEO. Okay, so how are you incorporating it in being able to do the actual work of optimizing websites and stuff? You know, how do you see it, you know, playing in and making it, you know, like easier or in some cases, you know, maybe the, you know, the opposite, you know, like I say, because we're looking at it from the standpoint of you have the results and how that's going to be shaken up. But also, can it be beneficial, you know? to doing the actual work of SEO. Yeah, it can help out with some of the tasks. I mean, and it's not accurate completely, so that's where you just gotta take everything with a grain of salt that you're getting out of these prompts, but you can do a few things like keyword research. So you could say, give me a list of keywords related to whatever keyword that you wanna target. You could say, give me like topically related keywords or semantically related keywords and show me search volume and competitiveness and put it into a table. And, but when I'm doing all this stuff, I'd probably use before we even started is like chat GPT is good, but I'd probably use Bard for a lot of the SEO related stuff because it's from Google. It's going to pull the data and it has a little bit more information versus chat GPT or 3.5 doesn't really get that new information, but with Bard, it actually shows yeah. like new information. So for a lot of stuff, but you could try it out on both, but I would really stick with Bard for a lot of the stuff for SEO because when it comes to SEO, we're really trying to rank on Google trying to get that traffic from Google. They just run the show nowadays. So when doing the keyword research, hopefully Google Bard is going to be pulling it from the Google Keyword Planner 
and getting that data from Google search data. But yeah. when I match it up, it doesn't always match up accurately. So it's not there yet, but that's kind of like a quick kind of shortcut way where you can just say like, here's a competitor or here's a URL. Can you give me a list of competitors related to this or keywords that this website ranks for? So kind of read through the, mm. what this page ranks for. So you can say, here's a competitor's page. Can you go through this page and try to pull the keywords out of it for me? So kind of like what Google does when you look in search console, show you like top keywords that are mentioned on your pages. You can do that now for your competitors yeah. and kind of quickly get all that data and then see which ones are relevant. And then tell Google, okay, this keyword looks good. Give me 20 other keywords that are topically related to this keyword or give me 10 blog post ideas or so you can kind of feed this. I mean, that works really well for kind of like content, not creating content, but giving you ideas of content to create or even outlines of content yeah. to create. I wouldn't just tell it to write me a blog post, not yet, maybe in the future, but right now if it does, it's really not accurate and it doesn't read properly. Google said they don't care who writes the content a few months ago. As if yeah. it's AI or human written, as long as it offers value. But when it's not accurate, it's not going to really offer value. So having it as like an outline is a starting point. That really helps out having to kind of create topics mm -hmm. that you might not have other thought of because sometimes you got to get stuck creating like content. Like, all right, how I've already written about this topic. Give me some unique way that kind of is a little clickbaity, but has keywords that entices people that whatever that you want to put in there, but you could kind of specify all that information. So you really get what you're looking for and it matches the tone and the voice of your blog or your content that you're putting out there. Uh -huh. But there's so many kind of ways to just play around with it and test it out. It's just making sure that whatever you're using it for that you double check everything. Cause you don't want to just copy and paste it and then find out that keyword data is wrong or your competitor list was wrong or, these blog post topics are unrelated to the content that you were thinking of creating, but it is a good starting point to really help you go from there. It's just a tool and there's lots of tools out there, but this is just a free tool that if you don't want to spend money on these paid tools, cause there's a lot of tools out there that you can pay for that will do a lot of this stuff for you, but you have to know what tools to use, you have to buy them and then you have to learn how to use them. So AI is kind of a little shortcut that will let you tap into some of them without having to pay for them. Yeah, I think that's that's a uh, good point because you know you can use these tools. I think you make an uh, uh, an interesting point in the fact of using Bard because it's a Google product instead of Chat, which is not a you know which is of course Microsoft backed anyway. Um, you know, figuring that you can get more accurate data because it's directly tapped in, you know, to, you know, Google's results and stuff. And they've got, you know, we don't know necessarily what's going on on the back end for it to be able to pull the data, but of course they're going to be pulling their own and, you know, Google, Bing's an okay search engine, you know, but the majority of people are on Google and, you know, it's got, you know, it's just bigger, you know, from what, it, you know, it's more well, you know, further developed and all of that. It's got a bigger market share, everything, you know, but, you know, taking, like you mentioned, using it as a tool to do some of this research, I think from a business owner standpoint, because we as you know professionals in the industry, you know, marketers and such, we end up using a lot of those um, kind of higher end, you know, 
SEO tools and stuff like that because we're analyzing diff different types of data and whatnot and looking for opportunities and everything. I think using something like you know Bard or Chat to be able to do some of that um, from a business owner's perspective is a good way to go. You know, it gives you some of the same capabilities and you don't necessarily need the same level. You know that we might want to look at. You know to be able to um, figure out where to target. You know what keywords to go after and such. I like what you said about competitors. Yeah, you know, it's you've got the competitors and you're able to see what they're targeting and stuff. You know, so I think that's one of the most overlooked things about AI is using it for from a research standpoint. It's not about writing content or anything. You're just using it to pull data, which if you were doing a standard search, you might have to go out on site after site after site to find, you know, what you're looking for. Yeah, no, it definitely helps out. I mean, there's even stuff with like scheme, like coding. So schema is a big part of SEO mm -hmm. is incorporating schema.org into your website. And you could tell AI to look at your competitors, what schema are the tags are they using? But then you could also tell it to write schema for you, which mm -hmm. I would double check this for the validators yeah. to make sure it's valid yeah. and accurate because you want to put the wrong coding in there. But half the time, well, when I do it, it's probably like 50-50. Half the time it works, half the time it doesn't work. But the times that it works, it just saves you a lot of time from having to go in there, manually code, code schema, and that. And even like on-page SEO, you can look at title tags, meta descriptions without having to go into the coding and quickly pull that information mm -hmm. out. You can ask it to write your own title tags and meta descriptions, which not the best, but with Bard, it actually gives you like five or 10 other options. So I'll write out a bunch of title tags for you. It'll give you all these tips, which is really nice. And like 60 characters, try to put your company name at the end. It kind of gives you like a little standardization, whereas ChatGPT doesn't really do that. It'll give you like one title tag and that's it. But Bard will give you all this yeah. really content because they want you to write good title tags. That way they could better understand what that page is about and provide better search results. So it works both well for business owners to get all that information and for Google to reward you for putting the right stuff in the right areas. How much do you see them, you know, from the standpoint of how you're using it, you know, for this research, how do you think it's going to be improved over time? You know, Bard, what do you think it will get, you know, it, it'll get more accurate. We know that, you know, but how far along do you think they'll, you know, be able to go with that? Cause it, you know, it's not a total standard use of it the way we think of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not too sure how it's going to keep playing out in the future, but I feel like the more people that use it, the more people are going to respond saying, all right, this is correct. Or it's easy to keep doing new searches and new prompts that you're not getting what you're looking for. But I feel like it's going to definitely get a lot more, more accurate right now. It's, it's decent. It's not bad, but still sometimes you have to double triple check and do multiple searches or multiple prompts or even double check it to see, is this true? Does this make sense? Cause it's not there yet, mm. but it is pretty close and it is pretty helpful, but it's just another tool that you should just, used to help you out, but don't just rely on this and don't say, okay, this is going to take care of everything. This is just going to help kind of speed things up and it's going to shift the tool. It's how you use that tool that really matters. Yeah, I've had multiple conversations with people and that's what we've, you know, mostly been stressing. It's a tool. Okay. And so, you know, yes, I think it's great. Yeah. It could help you write your title tags, descriptions, you know, things like that. Cause you know, we think of, um, 
often that it, the problem that it has is that it's not very conversational in some of the tones and stuff that it does, you know, so you have to make tweaks already, you know, so yes, can it write you a blog post? Certainly. Okay. But it's not necessarily going to write in that conversational tone. You got to keep tweaking the prompts until you get, you know, what you want. But things like title tags and page descriptions and stuff like that and all tags, you know, it could write, you know, because it needs accuracy, but it doesn't need tone. You know, there's certain things it doesn't, you know, that don't matter as much, you know, so that, you know, you can go through it. Um, have you been using it to, like, uh, scan pages or anything like that for improvements, you know, similar to, you know, how we might use any other, like, SEO software, you know, for keyword density and things like that? Yeah, I've been doing that as well. So telling it to read Google Webmaster Guidelines, or I mean, Google Search Essentials and what they're looking for when they're like quality guideline standards. And you can make these prompts saying, all right, this is what Google's looking for, for depending on what type of content you're writing. If it's like a blog post for like help, then you can say, all right, here's EEAT. Here's what they're looking for. Make sure that this content that I wrote follows all those guidelines. Let me know if it's missing or if it, any places are yeah, lacking, but, and I've also like gone into like old blog posts and said, all right, look for thin content that should be improved or is not really offering value, but sometimes really in-depth blog posts get triggered saying, all right, this is thin content. It doesn't really have depth into it. So that's why I'm like, all right, it's great, but then you got to double check, but it is good to, to have it as a set of eyes or set to kind of read through, scan it for you and give you feedback and let you know, all right, is this good content? Because when it comes out of SEO, you don't want to just have a bunch of pages there that are just kind of bloating your website and don't really offer value. Mm -hmm. That's a quick way to kind of glance through it and see, does this, does this meet the standards of content that Google's looking for, or should that be revised? What's it missing? Is there too many keywords that are repetitive in here? Does it look spammy? Are there spelling or grammatical errors? Just nice. I'll read through all that and check that for you. So definitely has some value in that checking and evaluating content, which I recommend more than just saying, write new content. It's a lot better to go in and edit your existing content and see what could be updated or what should just be removed and taken down completely. Hmm. Yeah. Do you, okay. So, you know, going through, I like the fact that, you know, using it to actually thin out the content, you know, cause you have a lot of bloated content or whatnot, you know, to make it a better experience, you know, um, are you, okay. So, like we as an agency, we've written all sorts of prompts to be able to do these different commands. Are you doing the same kind of thing where you're permanently writing prompts that you can use? Because one of the things, if you're going to, you know, use AI to help you with your SEO efforts, you don't want to have to rewrite the same stuff. So have you been building up basically a library of, you know, commands that you can use? Yeah, basically just trying, testing things out, playing around, and then creating prompts and then realizing, all right, let's tweak this prompt and add this to it and make it even better and improve on it. So yeah, trying to just collect as many as possible, play around with as many, build as many out to, to help out. That way we could just go in that library, pull them out and say, all right, if we need to evaluate a blog post that's informational, let's use this prompt. If we're going to do something that's like a product review, let's do this prompt. If we're going to do whatever it may be. So you have all these different mm -hmm. prompts ready to go, copy and paste it, throw it in there and then see what it spits out. Yeah, so that's one of the the real values of AI if you're using it for an, you know for SEO purposes, you know, to help with your efforts, is you can you know as you build it out, you'll have huge time savers and such, you know, to be able to you know to do it, um, you know. 
from a productivity standpoint, uh, using it, how much has it helped you, you know, in saving time and such, you know, to be able to do a lot of these tasks quicker? Yeah, unfortunately, having to double check and edit the incorrect outputs, I feel like makes it where it's kind of like neutral, where, I mean, you're not saving too much time, maybe saving a little bit of time, but it's not there yet. But in a year or a few years, it's definitely going to help save a lot more time. But Right now, I still have to double, double check everything. So that's where it's like I, it's saving me time by giving me this. Yeah. But I don't trust it. So I have to go through and make sure it's really, is this content really thin or is it just pulling something because it triggered incorrectly or is it doing the AI hallucinations or just making answers up because mm-hmm. it doesn't know the answer and it doesn't want to tell you it doesn't know the answer, which it should tell you that, but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. really tell you that because it just wants to provide some value, which is really a big downside. Yeah. 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 So here, let me give you, I'm going to give you an answer. It's not a right answer, but I'm going to give it to you because I need to pro- provide you something. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, so, so that's a good lesson right there is don't, you know, don't take for granted that what you're getting, you know, from the output is something you should be using. And that's always, you know, that's the one thing that constantly comes up with um, AI is that you have to keep an eye on it. You have to see what you, you know, actually read what you're getting back and stuff. Don't take it for granted that it's like going to be exactly what you need done the way you need it and such, you know. Um, one of the things that I, you know, personally encourage people is like, because you know, a lot of people are using it from a writing standpoint. If you're doing SEO writing or anything like that, uh, you know, you need to make sure that you're willing. Don't always just redo the prompt and see what else that comes back. Make be willing to make your own changes. You know, I say we talk about tone and stuff. Well, it can give you a great start point, you know, on a blog article or something like that, but be willing to go in and, you know, to the piece and actually make your own edits and such so that you can give it tone and you can make it more pointed and such, you know, we use it for a lot of stuff, but we just don't consider it to be, you know, whatever it spits out necessarily the final product. No, it's just a starting point. It's just a guide to let you know, all right, this is where it should go in the end, but this is just a starting point and it's going to help me out with a little bit of guidance of what needs to be done to make sure that I do it correctly. But if you're just copy and pasting, then you're probably going to be giving out incorrect information and we don't want to be doing that, especially on the internet because Google said it's okay to use AI as long as it offers value. And if it's incorrect, it is definitely not offering value. Yeah. Yeah. So don't take out the human factor. Yeah. Just cause you've got AI, you know, doing this. Um, okay. So if you were, you know, putting together, if you were a business owner and you're thinking of how to incorporate AI, what would be your like top recommendations, you know, to use this from, uh, you know, an SEO standpoint to make things, you know, if not necessarily more efficient, at least, um, you know, more productive than how you might be doing it. You know, yeah, I feel like finding content or topic ideas for your content. So finding blog post ideas and trying to just make those clusters that way you could get, get top of authority that really helps out. So if you have a keyword like running shoes and you can figure out, all right, what content should I make about that's related to running shoes? Like best running shoes, women's running shoes, men's running shoes, like track and field running shoes, sprinting marathon. So it gives you all these ideas that you might not have otherwise thought of. So again, those like topic clusters is a great way giving you like blog post ideas because 
it gets tough to think of creative blog posts unless you're really good at copywriting, but ChatGPT is really good at that. Our AI is really good at copywriting and giving you ideas of just little slogans, taglines. I mean, you can even do like social media kind of content creation posts and give you ideas for that stuff as well mm -hmm. to help out. Even though that's not really SEO related, but it kind of falls hand in hand with digital. You want yeah. to just have all those touch points and anything that could help you out with like little slogans and taglines and give you content ideas. But for like the coding side of things, that's something that a lot of website owners, they're like, all right, I've heard a schema, but I have no idea how to use this or what it is or how to make sure it's accurate. That's a good thing that I could just really help with that coding side of things and give you that code without, because a lot of people aren't coding. They're not going to be learning how to code schema. It's a whole other programming language and stuff like that. I feel like it really will help. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that we talked about, like content, like reading through the content to make sure it offers value, it's accurate. Those kind of things are kind of the more important things I see it really helping out with. There's a lot of other things that you could use it for, but they're not really the best and they're so inaccurate that it doesn't really work too well. But the ones that I just mentioned are the ones I pretty much use for a consistent basis. Like definitely the blog post topic ideas really helps out a lot. Yeah, that's so, you know, I say anything with AI, it's meant that it's, you know, going to be an assistant and such. And that's what you really, you know, want to be focused on is it's not a replacement. It will help you do things better, but you need to make sure you're, you know, um, doing, you know, I guess holding up your end of the bargain when you're dealing with it and knowing that you have to be reading this stuff, you have to be seeing what it's actually doing, you know, what kind of output it's giving you. Um, Brandon, it's been great. How would people get a hold of anyone that wants to learn more? I create a special gift for them. If they go to my website at seooptimizers.com, that's S E O O P T I M I Z E R S.com forward slash gift. They can find my contact information there and also a bunch of classes I've done over the years. I've done up there for free so they can see step-by-step -step how to do a lot of the stuff that we talked about. And also, if they want to book some time on my calendar, I'm happy to check out their website from an SEO point of view and they can book some time for free there as well. Great. Again, I'm the host of Marketing Masters. My name is Cash Miller, and I'm also the CEO of Titan Digital. We've been talking about AI and how you can use it to help with your SEO efforts. Yeah, and you know, AI is here to stay. We all know that, and so you want to find the right ways to utilize it, make it easier for you to do things, but understand that it's not a replacement. Again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.